this is my engagement roll. <laughs> but also, I've had real bad luck with the dice this morning. <laughs> so I am absolutely gun-shy about doing this. Has anyone rolled a six? Let's make somebody who already rolled a six do it. Yoi! Yoi rolled a lot of sixes. Uh, Yoi, you I did. You've had much better dice luck than I have today. I was going to say narratively, it should because be either Dice cat loves your character. <laughs> Fuck off. But uh, <laughs> I was going to say narratively, either Cat or Vic should do the engagement mm -hmm. role. Uh, Cat because obviously got the tickets. Uh, Vic because obviously was the one who pointed out it was a trap. <laughs> and was preparing to attend this gala for quite some time beforehand anyway. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I am open to either narratively, but I feel like because Cat got the tickets, it should be Cat. Again, this hey, is not my well, choice, it is yours. I'm, I'm real sorry that we're probably not going to start in the best position in the world, team. Okay. Hey, if we start off badly, Let's count we get up. desperate XP. <coughs> That's true. true that is, true. yeah. Okay. I have faith in you, but first, you get one let's, die. You yeah, get one die because pool. there is always one. hope. Is this mission particularly heroic or noble? Take plus 1D. Does this mission's goal or methods reflect the worst parts of the protagonists? Take minus 1D. Okay, so, team, huddle up. Yeah. Does our plan to um, mug fantasy Elon Musk essentially reflect the best or the worst parts of ourselves? Because I feel like this can go either way. I find it deeply noble. Yes, it's very mm -hmm. noble. This is frankly aspirational right? for all it, of us. It's, uh, it's a terrible idea, mm -hmm. but it's very It's admirable. for good reasons, yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. I mean, what's no more noble than deliberately walking into a trap singing, like, <laughs> the Barricade Boys song? Like, <laughs> Is the mission following through on details from the protagonist's investigation? Take plus one D. Are the protagonists acting rashly or on very little information? Take minus one D. So, because Vic had it been doing research, for, I, I would actually it say it does follow. But we are being extremely foolhardy. I would actually say that because Vic had been preparing to attend this gala for some time now, to, or at least find out information about this gala for some time now, you do get the plus one die. And I will let you know as a result that if you ever want to flashback to a thing that you learn about this floor of the Mirador or anything specific to the gala or galas that Rustam throws, etc. Please remind me that that's a thing that you want to do and we will count it as info that you would have gained in that process when we process that flashback. Does this mission determine the fate of a friend? Take plus 1D. Are troubles from the protagonist's mundane lives getting in the way of this mission? Take minus 1D. I... I like there isn't a friend on, on the board here. Well, there could be stage manager secrets that we're not privy to. Mm -hmm. Secrets. <laughs> there is a thing that I cannot tell you. Take plus one D. <laughs> okay. Okay, we're back to four. <laughs> mm -hmm. Does the mission's tear exceed the current tear of the investigation track? Is it? We're we at have... tier two right now. This is, aha. This is, we are at tier two. Let me make sure of a thing on this sheet then. Dear audience, we will note that the only person on the conspiracy board who is higher than tier two is the host of the conspiracy. There can only be one host. Mm -hmm. So if Brandon says, yes, you are out tiered, we know the host is involved. Uh, this, is this, is, be like this is very valuable information. Take plus one D. 
This is where I tell the chat, they're still not gonna know who. Oh no. I'm flashing back to playing Breath of the Wild and accidentally having to do the final boss fight because I decided to infiltrate the castle from the top down. Oops. I mean, one, I won, but... One time I fought Lavos without Chrono. It was a mistake. What so if we, we have five dice so far. What if we accidentally are playing the season finale? <laughs> In a magical, I need a nicer dress. In a magical girl series, it's very hard to know. Sometimes, are there any other elements that you want to consider due to circumstances or events in your world, friends? I posit that receiving that excellent suit from Dice should give us one more die. What? Uh, Ruth wears the suit and gets us an extra die. Come no, on. no. Bring us up to six. No. This is the worst. Is this the fucking devil's bargain for the engagement role? The reason you're getting this extra die is bigger than Ruth wears this suit. But Ruth wearing this suit does in fact factor into the die. I'm sorry. But it's emblematic of the fact that there are people out there rooting for us. Yes. Yes. Of a sort. Yes. Um, this, this is blackmail. This, this is coercion. <laughs> So that, that was a player on player devil's bargain. PvP <laughs> enabled. <laughs> oh god. Um so how much dice is that at the moment? Is that five? Or We're s- up to six now. Six? Okay, cool. Six um, because I'm gonna wear the goddamn suit. Okay, so please I have to come up with an excuse for this. Give me a six die fortune roll. Five, three, two, three, two, five. What is the universe doing tonight? So, I rolled three pair. <laughs> okay. A five is a mixed result. You are in a risky position when the action starts. Which is good enough. This works. Okay, cool. So, we enter on the... <laughs> the slow walk-in of the Dream Knights entering this gala in, like... Leverage Ocean's Eleven style as the camera just kind of settles on you all entering. Cat, what are you wearing? She did take that money and rent a very, very nice dress. Hmm, let's see. Fairly thick straps, like something nice and sturdy. Fitted bodice. Full-ish skirt. Dark green. No petticoats, so... If she absolutely has to, she looked up that little tutorial on Tumblr about how you tie your skirt up to gird your loins if she has to run. Mm-hmm. So even though she is essentially in a ball gown, she can action if she needs to, ignoring the fact that, you know, her dot distribution is not action-oriented. Nice. Hair up and out of the way. <laughs> nice. Vic, what are you wearing? So, Vic comes from a fashion family. We've gestured toward this in the past. And so, Vic goes to Indigo Charles, who is a edgy, quote-unquote, fashion designer who's far more revolutionary in real life than he lets on because he plays the game. Uh, Vic and Indigo's daughter dated when they were both in high school because fashion families. And so, Vic is still on good terms with the Charles family. Vic is wearing a basically a, a two, two suits in one divided on the bias 
one mode is like a very um, straightforward black suit with like lavender um, lavender accents, like subtle lavender accents. The other half of the suit is red with silver, and it is a oblique reference to the quote unquote uniform of a failed democratic socialist revolution in another part of the world that was known as the April Revolution. These revolutionaries had basically dedicated costumers who were on the bleeding edge of quick change reversible clothes. Like in high fashion right now, we have quick change clothes systems. And so this is an exaggerated version of this. They use these to hide from cops and evade um, surveillance systems. It wasn't enough, but this is that thing. I think someone would need to be an intersection of a history geek and a fashion geek to get it, but Vic knows what they're wearing. We're going to get back to a beat about that very briefly in a moment. But Nina, what are you wearing? So Nina is, is, doesn't know anything about clothes. Nina gets all of her fashion advice from Kat and Vic. And as a rule, she doesn't need fashion advice because basically she wears the same crappy business casual clothing to work every day to her day job and a uniform like polo and slacks to her night job. So she goes with Vic to this designer and is petrified to know how much anything costs. It is a deeply troubling thing to her. But upon seeing her shell-shocked expression and deep horror, the designer takes pity on her and is like, I have something for you. And in the back has a black dress that is covered in extremely subtle, like, sparkles. Um, it's just like silver thread. It's nothing fancy. It's not, it's not like sequins, you know, it's, it's not rhinestones. So it's a very subtle kind of, of silver thread. It, it is made so that it looks like it has almost kind of like a bolero jacket on top and is like not form fitting, but the appropriate like fit for her body shape. She tries it on and is taken aback at how good it looks because she is used to buying off the rack stuff and this is a new experience for her and then she's like but how much does it cost and he's like fourteen thousand dollars and she's like (laughs) and he's like but you can rent it for one night for one percent of that and she's like i still don't have that and then Vic is like cat's paying for it (laughs) So it's like one percent is still a lot of money. It's like a, it's still like hundred and fifty bucks, basically, just to rent it for one night, yeah. and she still has to provide her own like shoes and purse. But he rents her that too. So basically, for like a hundred and like seventy five dollars, say she rents a full outfit for the night. Hmm. Okay. So you are at this gala. You notice dozens of the upper crust of Cloud Harbor in attendance. Nina, you notice some of your superiors and some other people who work in your field. Vic, you notice, like, and all those stuff setting amount of academics here, uh, most of whom you do not trust and do not like. 
you also notice very idly that your mother is also in attendance, but is presently off to one side having a conversation on the balcony with some some big wigs who you do not immediately know. Cat, very obviously, you can just kind of identify that one in three people here has been to Somnio at one point in their lives. Let's be accurate. One in three cis men. Yes, fair. <laughs> Ruth, this entire atmosphere is probably mostly out of your element. This is the most expensive party that you've ever been to. You don't know anybody here except your friends. Everything costs more money than you've ever seen anyone spend in one sitting. Someone walks past, uh, one of the ushers walks past you with a tray of hors d'oeuvres and everything on the plate looks unappetizing to you. Like, things that you would eat in isolation that in combination look absolutely disgusting. How do you feel about being in this atmosphere in the first place? Ruth is not happy to be here, but as per usual, he is ignoring that by, again, putting himself in the position of having to take care of everybody and make sure that they are not going to get themselves murdered. Uh Aha. Is that a concern that you have at this present moment? Vic was the one who said it was going to be a trap, so yeah, I guess I better be concerned that we're all going to be murdered. I would like you to give me a roll. Is it a sushi roll? <laughs> okay, no. What kind of roll would it be? What action would you roll for just getting a sense of whether your surroundings are safe? I think that sounds to me like a perceive or an analyze. Uh, analyze would give you better results than perceive. Analyze, is the, analyze would give you a sense of a general, more studied assessment of whether your immediate surroundings are safe. Um, perceive okay. is more like a gut reaction to an immediate thing. Um, okay. So I feel like analyze would be better in this moment. Um, All right, then I shall roll the 1D. Your position mm-hmm. is risky, okay. and your effect is... Limited because of the amount of people in the room, in this uh, floor of this building. Mm-hmm. Do you have a poison promise for me? Uh, do I? I do, yeah. actually. Obviously, this party was a trap, right? I didn't need to hide the fact that this party yeah. <laughs> was a trap, right? An eight clock, an eight segment clock called Conflict Arises will form immediately, but it will not tick immediately upon you investigating um, for any potential threats in this moment. That sounds safe to me. How do we feel, team? I mean, let's do it. All right. Okay, I will take that poison promise, and I shall now roll 2d6. Okay. Boing. Oh no, it's a two and a one. Ruth is horribly overstimulated by the perfume and the sounds and is going into minor sensory meltdown. Everyone is talking. I can hear this like overwhelming murmuring drone of idle conversations throughout the entire building. And like you, there is so much alcohol in the room that there, there comes a point where you can smell champagne and light is bouncing off the chandeliers and people's expensive gold jewelry, and you like you feel 
painfully overstimmed right now in a way that you haven't in quite some time. You like working at Monsieur Rose's precisely because people are not as extravagant as this. This is a lot going on in this moment. So you don't notice anything of note. Nina, I would like you to also give me... In fact, no, this is a perceive for you. I would like you to give me a perceive roll. Your position is risky and your effect is standard. Regrettably, it will take a moment to reload roll 20, which has decided my character sheet does not exist at present. So, one second. <laughs> it's doing the thing. I think we don't have character sheets in roll 20. Oh, that's We've right. We've just been using the PDFs, right? Derp. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Flash, flashing back <laughs> to yesterday. All right, cool. No, so. it's okay. All right, so my perceive... Unfortunately, sheets don't exist yet for Girl by Moonlight, but they will very soon if you support right. Girl by Moonlight, which you can find out more about. All right, so no dots, dice empty. What is my... So which, what was my position And It was... Your position is risky, and your effect is standard. So no dots, dice empty, 2d6, take the lowest. That is a three and a four. So a three. He, he, a three. Nina is also freaking out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You don't notice a thing happening just as the thing happens, which is another waiter at this gala is turning the corner around a table just as you are also walking forward in their direction. And collides immediately with you. I would like you to give me a three-die fortune roll. Oh, no. So just for the record, Nina's entire thing this entire time has been trying not to touch people. Mm-hmm. And she has been refusing any food and drink for fear of spilling it on her rented dress. And so this is this is a nightmare. Vic right. wanted to do a thing very immediately. I saw yes. Vic's hand up. Yes. <laughs> I would like to protect a friend. Okay, yes, let's do the thing. This um, dress is too expensive to be destroyed. That's too expensive. <laughs> yes. Uh, so the server comes around the corner and Vic catches a glint of light off of the very polished tray. And do is this a party that already has dancing? This is one of those galas where no one is dancing. This is one of those okay. galas where rich people go to... To make sure that there is a photo op of them holding a glass of champagne that they didn't drink from. Uh. (laughs) Then I think Vic will just slip a hand like up onto the like shoulder blade and another hand on the hip and just physically move Nina out of the way, trading places with her like it is uh, a move from a ball from ballroom, but but there's no music. And Vic moving through that space then gives them the opportunity to take a hand off and basically just brush, like, turn the server so that no one collides. <laughs> I see Trifidy Matt's mentions in chat, boo, no dancing, what kind of party is this? Like everything else in Cloud Harbor, a terrible one. <laughs> so I, I will posit that this is a sun uh, role. Uh, yes. Um, sun is the realm of physical interaction, so I'd definitely say this is sun. All right. I get plus one D when I'm protecting a friend. I have two in sun. I'm rolling 3D6. 
three, three, four. So it cost me two stress to do this. Okay, cool. You just kind of suddenly um, step, step, slide. You and Nina just out of this waiter's way. The waiter continues walking and turns his entire head to watch this happening. As you are like now mere inches away from potentially having collided with him. He's looking like, uh, okay. That was actually kind of cool, but I don't know why you had to do all of that. You could have just walked uh, beside me. Cool, that's fine. Um, and it just continues on his way. <laughs> Nina is just blinking in, in, t- in astonishment. Like, what just happened? Let's find somewhere else to stand. Okay. And then lead, leads the group to a part of the room that will at least mitigate some of the sensory overload. Mm-hmm. I would also like to say that Ruth spends his one link with Vic to clear two stress off of them. And the way Ruth does this is that he sees Vic do his beautiful little sachet, fix everything, oh Vic, and as they're moving to a safer spot, he mutters, aren't you a fucking partridge in a pear tree? <laughs> Vic is very pleased with himself. Nina does not understand that reference. So you all conveniently slide just enough out of the way of the rest of this very awkward party, um, all the way to uh, like one of the windowed edges of this floor where you can like look out into the the harbor side view of the murder. Um, not a lot of people are mingling on this side. There are a couple of people who are like having idle conversation with one other person while drinking or having hors d'oeuvres. A couple of other stragglers who have not interacted with, have not interacted with anyone, but have not noticed you all yet either. And cat, give me a two die fortune roll. Five and a two. Ah, five. Um, you, you notice just as he is more or less just about two, two and a half feet away from you all, that Rustam Demir and Delilah Hall are now uh, walking towards you all. I don't like this. I am going to put myself deep, deep, deep in conversation with my friends so that it will be rude to interrupt me. Ruth, did you try the thing with the olives? What thing with the olives? Is this the like an olive wrapped in bacon? Is this a TikTok thing? You don't have to I put it anywhere, know. right? Like, but not it, in your nose, or... No, no, you just eat it. It's an hors d'oeuvre. Oh! Oh, so it's not like oh. the baking soda challenge, also, or... Nina, Nina, Nina. Did you try the shrimp, shrimp cocktail here yet? No. Don't! Don't, 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 don't! It's not fully th- thawed. I tried it, and the sh- inside of the shrimp was still frozen. Uh, I cat, don't spill. Cat, give me uh, a one-die fortune roll. If this is to find out if Rustin Demir heard that, I want him to know his shrimp cocktail was bad. Ah, three. And that's a three. That's unfortunate. The thing that you learn about Rustam Demir is that at Rustam Demir's parties, he is going to be rude. He very roughly interjects and goes, uh, hello, excuse me. 
uh, apologies. I know that you were, I'm sorry to cut you off in the middle of your conversation, but I just wanted to make sure that we did have an opportunity to say hello while I was um, still here. And he puts out a hand for a handshake from Nina and says, uh, Hi, I'm Rustam. Um, I hope that you've been enjoying the gala so far. I'm allergic. <laughs> she, she, she doesn't raise her hand. She just stares at him in utter shock and inability to think. She's, a, she's been saying I'm allergic to every waiter as an excuse for not taking food. So it's her natural reaction to this moment also. Rustam looks down at his hand. And goes, I'm very sorry to hear that. If there's anything that you would like in particular, let me know and we can can make sure that one of the uh, waiters can make that for you. But in any case, thank you so very much for attending. I know that it's been a very awkward invitation. I heard that Delilah had a tough time finding you all. Delilah at the uh, uh, at Rustam's side just gives an idle curtsy and then like continues just like idly standing by uh, as Rustam continues. Well, she can't have had that hard a time because she either has been following me or I don't know. Did she put a, a GPS tracker in my shoe? <laughs> no, that was creepy. That was extremely creepy. I hope you know that. Apologies. That's. All my doing, um, suffice it to say that the technologies that we've been working here at Dreamshine have been far too powerful, even for my liking. Um, you see Rustam out of the corner of his eye give a very stern and confused look to someone all the way on the other end of the hall uh, before he continues. But at the time that I had the information that I had gotten, I just definitely wanted to make sure that you had got my invitation, Miss Holly. Uh, I hear I hear that some of mm. Dreamshine's uh, subsidiaries would very much be indebted to someone with your level of skill, and I'm more than happy to pay top dollar plus to make sure that we can always get uh, the best person for the job if you'd be willing. See, that's so interesting, because I don't actually think that your right to scout me outweighs my right to be left the hell alone. Understood, and that's fair, and you are well within your right to say no, but I figured the uh, price tag would have been good enough at least for a meeting. Again, no worries, and you are still free to... Enjoy the rest of those funds and the rest of this party as you see fit. But at the very least, I'm glad that you are present. I hope that you all have a wonderful evening. Kat I would like to hold. No, wait. Cat mm-hmm. is still holding a champagne pain flute in one hand, and she still has the rest of the shrimp cocktail in its crappy little little martini glass in the other. And she hands him the shrimp cocktail and goes, "By the way, you should really try this. It's not fair that the host is walking around without out any food of his own." Cat very much hopes that he's going to choke on an ice crystal. Because you are a fortune roll to see if he chokes on an ice crystal? Is that the thing you would give me? Two things have to happen here. One of those things might be that. But before that, I need you to give me a 
I need you to give me a role to notice a thing about Rustam. I can't tell. Uh, <coughs> I think I wanna... that's going to be my one dot in analyze, isn't it? I can say that analyze would be very good for this. Perceive, if perceive is useful, but not as good as analyze. Empathize mm-hmm. would be better than both. Yeah, I have no dots in empathize, and also, if I did have dots in empathize, I wouldn't use them on this tool. I have dots in empathize. <laughs> um, I'm. I would like to offer Cat a, a a free assist from my uh, foresight ability because Vic has already talked with everybody about like all of the reporting and analysis and other stuff that they themselves and the revolution have done about Rustam Demir. Okay, so that okay. should raise me to two d six, right, Brandon? For analyze. Yes. Okay. Uh, your position is risky. Your mm-hmm. effect is standard. Okay. I am also going to give you a... That's a one and a six. Thank you so much, Mike. You saved me. Okay. Nice. Cool. I guess I didn't need to give you the other thing. Cool. Fine. Now, important part is, does anyone have any assist die they can throw in to get this guy to choke on the shrimp cocktail? <laughs> We're gonna... No, I have, I have a separate plan. Oh, Lord. Oh! I We're... mean, Ruth can choke him physically. No, but can you imagine just, let's see if we can end a campaign by letting the villain die of natural causes. Not that he is necessary, the necessarily, well, the villain. A villain. Mm-hmm. Let's let a villain just die of plain old natural causes. Noted. Nina, before I give this information, I wanted to make sure... Do you also want to notice a thing by chance? Or is this a thing that you probably aren't paying attention to? I'm I am staring fixedly. Uh so it's it, if depending on the nature of the thing that you want me to notice. Alright. Give me your empathize rule. Give me your empathize like, rule. It may be impossible for me not to notice because I am staring so fixedly. Uh-huh. Um okay. Your position is risky and your effect is great. Risky great. Okay, that's one D six. It's a five. Aha, nice. Both of you notice this thing. Cat, you notice it more just as a general kind of visual sense. Like you just kind of read something weird in Rustam Demir's face. Nina, you notice an entire obvious shift in Rustam Demir's demeanor after having glanced at something on the other end of the hallway, and then glancing back at you all. Nina glances in that direction because she is, because she's staring at his eyes, it is almost like an imitation glance. Mm-hmm. Not, not that she like consciously thinks, oh, I'm going to look to see what he's looking at, but more like, like when, when, some, when, a, when one lemming does the thing, then suddenly the other lemmings do it. So she's like, she's like, are we looking this way? <laughs> so before you look this way, I will let you know the thing that you glean from Rustam, which is Rustam the mirror seems overwhelmingly afraid of something. And you get the impression that the thing that he is afraid of is in this room. It's not us, because he should be afraid of us. As far as you know, Cat, it may as well be y'all. But Nina, because you turn around... You get the vague impression 
that not only is this person someone else in this room, but based only on where Rustam was glancing, when you turn to face those, when you turn to find out who is on the other side of that room, it's just other Dreamshine scientists and board members and trustees all mingling in one other corner. You see, like, a handful of researchers are, like, scarfing down hors d'oeuvres, like, this is the last, this is the first time that they're ever going to eat caviar in, like, nine years. You My see. coworkers have been discussing this. I, I, <laughs> I want to believe that, like, every time that I can hear what they're talking about around me before our supervisor comes out to tell us about how we're not supposed to be talking on <laughs> during work hours. Everyone has been colluding to determine how many things they can shove in their mouths and how quickly. Mm-hmm. You see very obviously like a couple of other professionals in the field are just kind of, you get the impression they're like sharing notes or most likely just kind of griping about the fact that they're never going to see this much money in one room in this field uh, ever again because they're never going to get invited to another gala because they don't even know what this gala is about. You see the chief innovation officer for Dreamshine Technologies, uh, a, a, a short young woman named Zenaida Metaxas, who you only know because they've been like regularly sharing... Uh, media profiles with Rustam Demir in preparation for the launch of the Eye because Rustam insists in interviews that a lot of that Im- a lot of that imagination was Zenaida's idea. They're like scribbling on what looks like the back of a very large receipt, like one of those very long Walmart receipts. Sc- like scribbling what looks to be like very intense math and two other researchers are looking over their shoulder at it. A note, Brandon. Mm-hmm. In my character sheet, you said that Ruth knows something about Zaneda, or something about Zaneda is familiar to Ruth, and that I should let you know when Zaneda comes into his line of sight. I am letting you know now, because presumably Zaneda is within Ruth's line of sight. I also can believe, by the way, that if, because if, if Nina has literally like turned, depending on where Nina was standing, like Ruth probably would also then see Nina and go, what is Nina looking at? Because where Rustam probably was like, what? Nina is like, what? <laughs> Ruth, I would like you to give me a role for a thing. Would it be a perceived role? Yes, perceive works. Perceive okay. would actually be very useful in this moment. Your position is risky and your effect is standard. Okay. I would give you... Uh, oh, you already rolled. Yes, that's a two, but you give me... I was going to give you a bonus die. Just roll another d6. Let me see the thing. Yes. Rolling the dice. Roll 20 is taking its time. That's a three, so oh, not no. too good. Not too good. Both of these, both of these are not good. Right. Okay. Here is, here is what I will say until the thing becomes obvious in the future again. You vaguely recall in this moment that you recognize Zenaida's face from something other than media coverage, but you can't remember what. And then, like, you struggle for a little bit to try to figure out, oh, wait. Did Euphony? hang out with Zenaida at one point for a thing that had nothing to do with 
Rustam? Mind you, at this point, as a reminder, you learned about Euphony's relationship with Rustam Demir after Vic had, because Vic shared that information with you all. Mm-hmm. So when you knew that Euphony, when you recall this information about Euphony and Zenaida, this is information that recurs to you separate from Rustam. And now you're trying to recall why that would have, why that would have occurred. But at the moment, you cannot recall. Kat, can I ask you to also give me a perceive roll? Did you turn around at all, just to qualify? She would not turn around when Rustam Demir is in front of her. Can I make any case for this being an analyze roll instead of perceive? This, this, (laughs) the thing that you're about to observe can also be an analyze, so I can give you analyze instead. Your position is risky and your effect is great. Okay, here goes nothing. Five! Five is good. Over Rustam Demir's shoulder, you notice someone else is present at the gala. While I very slowly describe this thing, Vic, give me a two-die fortune roll. I will do that thing. (laughs) I Um, feel very bad about this. Are we feeling lucky today, friends? Seems like there's a lot of fortune rolls on the board. That's a three and a two. Ah, that is bad, which is good. Um, Withholding information sucks. (laughs) So, you very eagerly, very strongly, passionately, intensely holding this obviously sarcastically bitter gaze with uh, Rustam Demir when you notice over his shoulder, further into the room, someone that you recognize. It's at this moment that you in particular, Kat are overwhelmed with the feeling of how intense this particular interaction is. In all of your previous timelines, you have never been in a, in a, physical, in a physical or dream interaction with more than two agents of the conspiracy at a time. You are now vaguely aware of the fact that Rustam Demir is here, who you do not trust, Delilah Hall is here, who you do not trust. You get the impression that something awkward and terrible is about to happen, and that Rustam Demir knows about it, and knows that there are high stakes, and you get the vague impression that that has something to do with you. And then over Rustam Demir's shoulder, you see, in a neon pink ball gown, with spikes from the shoulders all the way down to the middle of the back, wearing neon pink fingerless gloves with spikes on the wrists, and like very small, but for some strange reason, very powerfully reflective stud earrings, you notice Euphony is here. And then Euphony turns and holds a gaze with you very briefly. And then the lights cut out of this room. The theme music for Speculate is Yellow Wood by Greg's band The Road. Find out more at www.thebandtheroad.com.
Hi everyone. If you've enjoyed what we've been doing here on Speculate and you've been thinking to yourself, where can I get more role-playing in my life? Can I recommend arvaneleron.com, A-R-V-A-N-E-L-E-R-O-N.com, where you can check out the Curse of Strahd podcast. This, set in the world of Ravenloft, is a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition campaign, which has been running for a long time with a similar group of players, and which has been both a lot of fun and I think you will find enjoyable. If you like it, please let us know both there and over here. You can subscribe to it on iTunes, Google Play Podcasts, and many other fine podcast providers. Thanks, and we'll see you over there.